Welcome to the Tax Factor, the top 20 business and investment podcast from Blick Rothenberg, the tax, accounting and business advisory firm. This week with Heather Sell and Roger Holman. Happy New Year! I'm Heather Self. And I'm Roger Holman. Welcome to the first edition of The Tax Factor for 2024. It might have been a short break, but the last few weeks have been filled with tax stories. And of course, we'll be covering all the latest news throughout the year as we head towards the general election. Roger, a Happy New Year and welcome back. Thanks, Heather, and Happy New Year to you. And this week, it's 225 years since the introduction of income tax by Pitt the Younger. It was introduced as a temporary tax, but it's still with us. And whatever happens in the budget, which we now know is going to be on the 6th of March, we don't expect income tax to be abolished. In fact, there were some figures out recently which show that tax receipts are rising sharply, and this is mostly down to the freezing of tax allowances, which we've talked about a few times on our podcast. The total tax take for the first eight months of the tax year, sat up to the end of November, were up by $24 billion to a record amount of $515.9 billion. And the biggest rises there were in income tax, capital gains tax and national insurance. Income tax alone from April to November was 164 billion compared to 148 billion in the same period last year. And I think, therefore, we're really seeing these freezes in tax thresholds flowing through. Even though people have had their cut in national insurance in January, they're still paying a lot more tax than they would have done. So, Roger, what do you think we'll see in the budget? Are taxes going to go up some more or do you think they'll come down? Well, it's going to be a political budget. We're heading into an election year. I can't see any government heading into an election looking to raise particularly taxes that affect the individual. And we've seen some rumours yet again that inheritance tax might be cut or even abolished, although I think that rumour's been going around such a lot now. I think people have stopped believing it. I'd certainly be very, very surprised if anything like a cut to inheritance tax happened. It brings in too much money. What we could get at some point is some sensible reform, making it a broader tax at a lower rate. But again, I can't see anyone doing that just before an election. The timing of the election is interesting. I think Sunak said recently that he's looking to have an election in the second half of 2024, which makes me think it'll be the first half instead. If we did get an election in May, then that would mean there wouldn't be time to get whatever's announced in the budget through into a full finance act. And interestingly, income tax is still a temporary tax. We have something called the Provisional Collection of Taxes Act, which means that income tax can be continued to be collected up to the 5th of July. But if we get an election, you get a short finance bill that just confirms the rate of tax and then they come back and we'd have another budget and finance bill to talk about again later in the year. I think over the next few weeks and months there's going to be a lot more to talk about there. One subject that's been very much in the news since the new year is the question of sub-postmasters at the, the post office. Just this week, we've been hearing that there could even be a completely new piece of legislation exonerating all those who've been the subject of prosecution. So some really big political moves happening there. As always, there's a tax angle. What, what's the tax position for these sub-postmasters, Roger? Well, it's a bit difficult as a simple topic, but if we look at compensation generally, then compensation for a loss of earnings is going to be typically taxable because it's simply replacing what was there before. 
any compensation for damages, things like compensation because you've got hurt feelings or because you've had to get therapy, those are not taxable because those are just human consequences. The detail of the post office schemes is very complicated. The later ones, I think they have been structured so they're not taxable. And the earlier ones, the post office have now announced they'll now make some extra payments to account for the tax. But guess what? Those have been held up in the post. So there's a whole host of sub-postmasters who are going to have to do their 31st of January tax filings without having got a final position. And there's a little bit of hope for them there as well from from two angles. I think HMRC have set something up, haven't they? Yes, HMRC have said that they will not be collecting the tax that would otherwise be due on some of these compensation payments that the post office are making because there is going to be legislation exempting those payments from tax which is really welcome. It it is. It's taken too long to come. And I can imagine that anybody who's been traumatised by this scandal is going to be very sceptical of anything that any government department says. There is also something which a tax professional called Rebecca Bennyworth has set up. There's a number of professional volunteers who will help any sub-postmaster who's worried about their tax. They've set up a separate website, which is www subpostmasterstax.org.uk. So if anybody listening to this has been affected by the subpostmasters issues or knows anybody else, do please pass that information on. I do think the tax community is stepping up to try and help subpostmasters here. There's a tax angle for the post office itself, of course, as well, because they're subject to corporation tax. Uh, They've probably been claiming corporation tax deductions for all the payments they've been making. And I think there's a question about whether they'll get a tax deduction for those, because there's a general principle. Companies can't deduct illegal payments. And if the post office has behaved very badly, people have been unfairly prosecuted, the costs of that are going to be not deductible for tax purposes for the post office itself. So there'll be some corporation tax complications as well. There's always some tax complications on these things. Tax is very rarely simple. Another item that's been in the news a lot is about online sales. And I think there's a lot of people getting very worried about whether selling their old clothes on eBay is going to be taxable. What's happening there, Roger? HMRC, (laughs) happily over Christmas, came out and said, oh, by the way, we've got some new powers so that we can ask for information directly from the likes of eBay and Vinted for information about those customers that have been selling on their platforms. Now, obviously, this isn't actually just talking about mums and dads selling their kids' clothes, because to be honest, every time I've sold any of my kids' clothes, I certainly haven't made any profits on it. HMRC are really looking at those people who have been buying secondhand clothes and selling them on for a profit. So that's where we start looking at things called the badges of trade. And there's no absolute definition of what is a trade. There's just lots of case law over the years. The the one that I always remember is the one about toilet rolls. Somebody bought a million toilet rolls and sold them on. And even though it was only one transaction, it was held that it was a trading transaction. It was just too big to be anything else. And also there was a lovely line in the case report that a million toilet rolls were far too many for personal use. I think some people would have issue with that at the start of COVID. (laughs) So I think that the message here is that if all you're doing is clearing out the attic and selling the contents, you really don't need to be worried about this. But if you are actually trading, if you're deliberately buying or making things to sell, then you should always have been paying tax on that. That hasn't changed. It's just more likely now that HMRC will get the information and come asking questions. Strangely enough, earnings are taxable. Funny that. And there's somebody else whose earnings are taxable. There was some darts player who won quite a lot of money the other week, I think. Yes, uh, Luke Littler. 
decided that he, as a 16-year-old, was going to go and throw some arrows at a board. What happened there? So firstly, let's congratulate Luke Littler on making it to the final of the World Darts competition. Although, as someone who thinks education is hugely important, I really wish he hadn't seemed so proud of only having one GCSE. But as we mentioned a minute ago, HMRC have rightly come out and stated that earnings are taxable. The winnings Luke has received are actually earnings from his trade. He's now, I don't think he's quite professional darts player, but he's wanting to become a professional darts player. And much like a builder who makes profits, Luke will need to pay tax on the profit that he's earned. Now, of course, what will that profit actually be? I think he won about 200,000, didn't he? So he'll be able to offset things like his traveling costs, possibly the, the costs of his mum or dad sort of helping him with the admin and so on. But the basic principle is he really is carrying on a trade or a profession of, of being a darts player. And I think that's very different from people who just go on the odd game show and, you know, win a thousand pounds on pointless and the revenue are not going to come after them for that. Yeah. And of course, the other side of it, and I think something that's not been necessarily mentioned too much, as we said, this is earnings. So he will also need to pay class four national insurance on these. Indeed. So We've talked quite a bit about things that have been in the news in the last few weeks, and it's now getting towards the middle of January and will soon be at the, the 31st of January, the self-assessment deadline. If you haven't done your tax return already, you're going to have to get it done soon. And if Blick Rothenberg are doing your tax return for you, please, please send us the information this week, not next week. I think we're going to have a special episode on the self-assessment filing deadline next week with lots of tips to get you across the finishing line. But Roger, were there one or two things you wanted to say just before we get to that episode? Yeah, just really talking about tax payments rather than the deadlines and things. The main payment has to be made by the 31st of January, otherwise interest starts to run on it. That interest is calculated daily at 7.75%, which is quite a high rate nowadays. The other penalty that is sometimes overlooked is the fact that if you don't pay your tax by the 28th of February, there's a further surcharge of 5% on any amount still outstanding. So even if you don't file on time, make sure you pay the tax on time. That's a really good point. So just not actually filing your tax return, it's a £100 penalty, which is irritating. But if you're a busy person with lots of other things to do, you might decide that's worth paying. But do get the tax paid because the interest rate, as you say, is getting quite penal these days. So I hope everybody's going to look forward to next week and our self-assessment special. That's about all we have time for this week. A quick reminder that you can listen to all of our previous episodes of The Tax Factor on Blick Rothenberg website. And please do check out our sister podcast, Brave Business, hosted by journalist and broadcaster Declan Curry. In the latest episode, he talks to Perry Marm, founder of AI content platform Frazy, about the challenges and opportunities faced by entrepreneurs in the technology sector. Until the next time, from Roger and me, it's goodbye. Goodbye. That's The Tax Factor. We'd like to thank you for making us one of the UK's top 20 podcasts. Find all our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And join us again next time on The Tax Factor. Tax Factor.